Jeremiah chapter number 33 tonight. Jeremiah 33, familiar uh, passage of scripture to us. <clears throat> well, I appreciate the good spirit in the house of God tonight. And boy, he is precious, isn't he? Song of Solomon chapter number 5, the Shulamite girl, she said this, he's the chiefest among 10,000. She began to describe the bridegroom and then she went on to say this. She said, yea, he is altogether lovely. And uh, the reason that she could could describe him so well is because she'd been around him. And uh, he was precious to her, amen. And I hope that he's precious to you. Jeremiah 33, I'll invite you to stand tonight as we read the Word of God. Jeremiah 33 and verse number 1. Jeremiah 33 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and shall be great and mighty things which thou knowest not. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city, and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword, they come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men, whom I have slain in mine anger and in my fury, and for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them." and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return, and will build them as at the first. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. And it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise and an honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear all the good that I do unto them, and they shall fear and tremble, tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity that I procure unto it. You can be seated this evening. Our Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God, and the privilege, Lord, that it is to be in your house. And God, I thank you, Lord, for what you've laid upon our heart. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, that you'd touch us. Uh, God, to say what needs to be said, Lord, and God, what you put upon our heart, Lord, we can't say it, Lord, without your touch and without your help, Lord, we ask you, God, that you'd anoint us, Lord, afresh and anew, touch us and help us. God, I pray, Lord, for Bible Baptist Church tonight, God, that you'd give us ears to hear, Lord, and a heart to receive the Word of God, and I pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified, I pray, pray Jesus would be lifted up, and I pray, God, that the people of God would be helped, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd draw us closer to yourself tonight, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen, and amen. Jeremiah 33, uh, as we've already said, is a uh, familiar passage of Scripture tonight. Most of us can, in fact, quote Jeremiah chapter number 33 and verse number 3. You learn that a lot of times as a, a child in Sunday school or in vacation Bible school. Uh, but I don't want to let the familiarity of the passage of Scripture that we've read tonight rob us from the spiritual truth that you and I can find uh, here in the book of Jeremiah. We know that Jeremiah has been ascribed by many as the weeping prophet. And you say, well, what in the world was he crying about, Jeremiah looked around and he saw the state of his people. He saw the condition of the nation that he was living in. And boy, it'd do us good to get a burden like Jeremiah and look around and see uh, the reflection. You can, it's almost as if you can look around and you can see a reflection or a mirror image of what's taking place here in the Old Testament of the Word of God. And boy, I'm glad, thank God, that the Bible today is more accurate than tomorrow's newspaper. Amen. We can look 
look at the Word of God and we can see things that are unfolding as God said they would. And boy, I'm glad we can take the Word of God and apply it to our heart and life and get help for the day and hour in which we live. Amen. Jeremiah uh, had a burden for uh, for the people of God. And boy, it do us good uh, to, to, to have a burden uh, just as Jeremiah did. We find this, uh, that Jeremiah is shut up in the court of the prison here in Jeremiah chapter number 33. And just by way of introduction, I want to show you a couple things and then preach what's on my heart tonight. Look with me. Uh, number one here, we see Jeremiah's problem. The Bible says this in verse number one, that Jeremiah was shut up in the court of the prison. And Jeremiah was locked up. He'd been uh, put away there in captivity and confinement. And you say, well, preacher, what's the big idea about that? Well, uh, just as Jeremiah had a problem and just as Jeremiah uh, had an issue on his hands here, uh, you and I have brought issues and we brought problems into the house of God. Each and every one of us have issues, we have burdens, we have problems, and all the while we may not be physically in bondage, but there are things in our heart and life that if we allow to come between us and God, uh, we'll be in spiritual bondage, amen? There's hindrances and there's things that can affect our uh, walk with God, but I'm glad that whatever the bondage is, whatever the problem is, whatever the burden that you brought into the house of God, I'm glad uh, that God knows our area code, amen? He knows exactly where we're at, and thank God He can speak a word that's fit and in due season to help us in the midst of our trouble. So we see Jeremiah's problem, but then I see this, I see Jeremiah's provision. Look what the Bible says in verse number two. He said, thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Amen. Jeremiah found himself here in the prison. Jeremiah certainly had problems, but thank God Jeremiah found out this in verse number two, that God was his provision tonight. Amen. I'm glad, thank God, uh, that he's a shield and a buckler. I'm glad, thank God, he's a place of refuge and I can run to. Hey, the psalmist said this. He said, when my heart is overwhelmed. He said, lead me to the rock of it's higher than I. Aren't you glad tonight of it? You and I have somebody we can take our burdens to and take our problems to. Thank God tonight of this thing's bigger than you and I tonight. When the cares of life weigh us down, of the cares of the ministry, of the burdens of life, when they weigh you down, thank God there's a place we can run to. We can share our burdens with the Lord tonight. Listen, I love the church tonight, but my provision's not in the church. I'm glad I'm a Baptist tonight, but my provision's not in the Baptist. I'm glad I got a good pastor tonight, but my provision's not in my pastor. Thank God if you turn tail and run, if the church folds up tomorrow, thank God there's still a God in heaven who I can take my problems to. I can still walk with Him and talk with Him, and He'll tell me I'm His own tonight. Amen. Thank God we find that the Lord is our provision. Amen. We see Jeremiah's problem. And then we find out that God is Jeremiah's provision. But look with me in verse number three. I like this. We see Jeremiah's promise. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah had a promise from God. God said this familiar verse in verse number three. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Amen. Aren't you glad that in the midst of trouble, thank God you and I have a promise. Amen. It was dark in Jeremiah's day. It was bleak in Jeremiah's day. Boy, Jeremiah looked around and he saw idolatry on every hand. He saw that the people of God had turned from God in their heart and it affected their life. It affected everything and God 
God was pouring out His judgment. God spoke of a coming captivity. Amen. And God said that He would deal with His people. But in the midst of those dark days, in the midst of that midnight hour, in the midst of that valley and that storm, hey, God spoke up and He said, Jeremiah, I've got a promise for you. Hey, He said, your answer's not in Washington. Your answer's not in politics. Your answer's not in philosophy or your own motives or your own will. But thank God, I've got a promise for you. And God speaks up in this day and hour and He's got a promise for you and I. Amen. That if we'll call out unto Him, He will answer us and He will hear our prayer and He will meet our needs. Amen. We see this. We see Jeremiah's problem. Jeremiah's provision then Jeremiah's problem. You know what God was saying to Jeremiah? He said, Jeremiah, I know it looks dark right now. He said, Jeremiah, I understand the way looks bleak. I understand you don't know which way is up right now. You're at the end of your rope. You don't uh, know which way to turn. It looks awful dark right now. And you don't have all the answers. And you're here in the midst of this prison by yourself. Uh, but thank God, Jeremiah, I'm with you. And what I want you to do is call unto me. He said, and I will answer. The... He said, Jeremiah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for me. Or pray, pray to me. And I'll show up. And I'll work in your life. And I'll work in the situations and the circumstances going on in your life. I want to preach on this thought for just a few moments tonight. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Amen. This morning we heard uh, a message on prayer. And as I was sitting there, uh, Brother Gravely told me to get prepared and get ready. I might be standing to preach tonight. And this is exactly what the Lord put on my heart tonight. Amen. And I believe this with all my heart. This is what God is trying to burn in my heart and work in my heart tonight is to have a better prayer life. Amen. Is to have a more fruitful prayer life. Is to have a deeper place of communion with Him and a better place of fellowship with Him. And it'll only come through prayer tonight. Amen. Prayer changes things. I thought about this and I looked here in verse number three and just we'll stay right here in this verse and the surrounding verses tonight. But look with me in verse number three. I want to look at two things tonight. I want to look at the prayer that God has commanded and encouraged Jeremiah to pray. And then I want to look at the product of that prayer. Amen. So number one, we'll look here uh, at the prayer. Amen. Look what the Bible says in verse number three. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Amen. You know the first thing I find in this prayer uh, that God has told Jeremiah to pray? The first thing that I find is I find God's appeal tonight. Amen. He said, call unto me. Amen. Now what about that tonight? A God uh, that sits up in heaven on His throne uh, that desires to hear from you and me. Amen. Uh, The truth of the matter is tonight, if you knew all the ins and outs of my life, if you knew all the failures and the mistakes that have uh, come in my life down through the years, uh, you wouldn't desire to hear anything from me. Uh, It might be under the blood, amen. It might be forgiven, uh, but there's something about knowing things about people uh, that sometimes turn us off and turn us away, amen. Uh, But on the other side of that coin tonight, if I knew everything about you, if I knew about the deep dark recesses of your heart, uh, then I wouldn't have anything to say to you tonight. Uh, But what about a God that knows everything about me and knows everything about you and still desires to fellowship with us, amen. He still desires... uh, Uh, that we take our burdens to Him uh, and take our problems to Him and pour out our complaint uh, and pour out our heart before Him. Amen. God is saying, Jeremiah, I'm making my appeal to you. Amen. He says, I desire uh, to to carry those burdens in your heart. Uh, I desire to hear about the things in your heart and your life tonight. Amen. 
sometimes in our life, and I often do this in my prayer life, sometimes there's things in my heart and in my life, and boy, I think about them, and I say, you know what, I'm not even going to waste the time praying about that. I've got bigger fish to fry. I've got larger things to worry about. There are bigger issues and bigger burdens in my life. I'm not going to trouble God with that. I'm not going to bother God with those little things in my life, but the fact is tonight that those little things, God is just just as concerned about those things as he is with the big things. Amen. And what he wants us to do is take our burdens to him, take our complaint to him, take the issues in our life and pour them out before him. Amen. I'm reminded of what Peter said. Peter said this. He said, casting all your care upon him because he careth for you. Amen. Thank God that he cares for us tonight and he desires to hear about the issues and the burdens in our heart. Amen. God is calling us to a deeper uh, place of fellowship. God is calling us uh, uh, to a greater place of communion with Him. And it will only come tonight through the avenue of prayer. Amen. God is making His appeal. That burden that you've carried in here tonight, that issue that nobody knows about, that sin in your heart and life that that, that, that is harming the fellowship that you have uh, with Christ tonight. Why don't you come and lay that before God? Why don't you come and confess that sin and repent and leave it at the foot of the cross? Uh, uh, repent of your sin. Uh, repent of the issues. Uh, uh, drop the weights at bloody Calvary and leave them there and thank God you can walk away in freedom. Amen. And the best part about it is, is God desires those things. Amen. So many times we carry, we carry burdens that we were never intended to carry as the children of God, all because we won't go uh, to God in prayer, as the hymn writer said. I see this tonight. I see God's appeal, but then I find God's answer. He said, call unto me, and I will answer thee. Amen. Now that's just too simple, isn't it, tonight? God tells us this right there in black and white in our King James Bible tonight that if we call upon Him, if we pray, then He will answer us. Amen. A lot of times in our life, boy, we say, boy, I can't find God. It seems like God is not speaking to me and God is not answering my prayers. Well, we find here in the Bible that if we pray, that He will answer us. Sometimes it's not always the answer that we want to hear. It's not always the reply that we desire but God has promised us in His Word that He will answer us. Amen. I want to tell you something tonight. If you've received no answers, it's because you've offered no prayers. If we have no answers from God, if we're not hearing from God, then it's because we're not making an attempt tonight. Amen. I understand there are times when it seems like God turns the lights out and He uses those times in our life when we, when we cannot find Him, when it seems like uh, the fellowship is closed off. God uses those things in our heart and our life to draw us closer to Him. But I understand that tonight. But God has told us here, if we do call out on Him, if we do pray, then He will answer us. You say, preacher, you, do, you just don't understand the burdens. You don't understand the issues that are going on in my life. You don't understand uh, the hard place that I'm in. You don't know. You've never walked in my shoes. And while that may be true tonight, uh, God knows exactly where you're at. Uh, uh, God knows the issues in your life. Uh, and you say, preacher, you just don't understand. I'm in a hard place tonight. Well, don't you think Jeremiah was in a hard place? And sometimes God allows us to get into those hard places. Sometimes God allows us to get into those valleys so we will talk to Him. Amen. 
God allowed Jeremiah to get in a hard place and God allow you uh, to get in a hard place so that you will talk to him. You study the book of Jeremiah, you'll find out that Jeremiah uh, stood in the palace and Jeremiah was in the prison. But you study this book uh, and you mark her down every time. Jeremiah heard more from God in the prison than he ever did in the palace. Uh, uh, Jeremiah heard from God on his knees uh, uh, more than he ever did on his feet. Uh, And it may be tonight that God has pulled the rug out from under you. Uh, God has turned the lights out. Uh, uh, God has allowed a valley in your life uh, uh, so that you will speak to him tonight. Amen. And so when you speak to him, he'll speak to you. Amen. God's people in their worst conditions. You study any Old Testament patriarch, you'll find out that in their very worst conditions, they found the very best of their God. Amen. Thank God tonight. God has an answer for us. So we see God's appeal. We see God's answer. But then I see this tonight. I see God's abundance. Look what the Bible goes on to say. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee. And watch this. He said, and show thee great and mighty things. Amen. God has an abundance for every single believer tonight. Amen. But you know what we do in our life because we don't pray and because we don't uh, seek the Lord? Uh, we, we miss out on God's abundance. Uh, we live in just uh, enough just to get by, uh, by the skin of our teeth in our Christian life. I think about the children of Israel as they wandered in the wilderness. God uh, gave them a, a pillar of uh, a fire by night and a pillar of cloud uh, by day. God gave them shoes that wouldn't wear out. God gave them manna and God gave them quail, but it was just enough just to get through that day. It was just enough to get through those moments. Uh, and you say, what's the problem tonight, preacher? I don't see any problem that God provided for them. And yes, God gave to them and God took care them but all the while there was a land with their name on it Uh, all the while there was a land called Canaan uh, uh, that flowed with corn and wine uh, and milk and honey and God had an abundance for them Uh, uh, God had blessings for them but all the while they were satisfied with where they were I want to ask you something tonight are you satisfied with where you're at with God you satisfied with your walk with Christ? Uh, listen tonight, I don't want to take up too much time, but I want to tell you this. Uh, we got too many Christians uh, that are living subpar Christian lives. Uh, we're living below the means that God uh, desires for us to live. Uh, brother, I tell you tonight, there's something uh, called the Spirit-filled life uh, and walking in the Spirit uh, and praying in the Holy Ghost uh, that we ought to get acquainted with uh, and we ought to get hooked up with tonight. Uh, brother, the the reason that we don't live in victory, the reason that we live in defeat tonight is because we're not living spirit-filled lives. And as a result, there's no fruit in our life, there's no abundance in our life, and we're living day to day to day just getting by. Oh, I'm saved. That's what people say. I'm saved. Isn't that all that matters? I'm going to heaven when I die. Listen, friend, there is an abundance that God uh, desires for you tonight. Amen. God has an abundance and I want that tonight. Amen. Don't you? We see God's appeal. We see God's answer. We see God's abundance and then we find God's access tonight. Look what he said. He said, I want to show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's God's access tonight. 
You realize that God has given every single believer tonight, He has given us access to Himself through the shed blood of Calvary tonight. He's given us access to Himself. Thank God our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, He's given us access to the Father anytime, any place, anywhere that we want to. And we, we don't use the access that we've been given. We don't take advantage of the opportunities that you and I have been given. Here's the thing tonight. You and I could be as close to Christ as, as we want to. Amen. You know what I do in my life? I blame circumstances. I blame situations. I blame things that I've gone through. You know, I'm not as close to God because of this or this or this. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee. He said, draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh right back unto you tonight. Amen. You're as close to God as you want to be. And I'm as close to God as I want to be. There are other Christians that are closer than us. You say, why is that tonight? It's because they desire Him and they want Him. Amen. He has given us access to Himself. Can I say this tonight? And I'm not going to finish all this message, but I want to say this. God has given us access to Himself. And we're taught all throughout the Bible that God doesn't have favorites. God's no respecter of persons. God does not play favorites when it comes to His children. God doesn't have favorites, but I want to tell you this. God does have intimates. God does have some of His children that are closer than than others because they desire it tonight. And what we ought to do is stop making excuses for our poor prayer life. Stop making excuses for our poor devotion time and say, it's me. It's me. It's not that I'm too busy. We make time for everything else in our life. What you love and what you desire, those are the things that are important to you. You make time to go scroll Facebook for half an hour while you're not doing anything. You make time to watch the game and your favorite team, you know they're going to lose. Amen. I must be talking about the, the Georgia Bulldogs or the Braves. Amen. Amen. We make time for the things that we love. I understand this ain't no shouting message tonight. It's what the Lord put on my heart. Amen. I want to show you three things quickly, quickly. I'm going to go through these. But we looked at this prayer tonight. But I want to see the product of prayer. We're talking about prayer changes things. What does prayer do? Look with me in verse number 6. God said this. He said, Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. Now who is God talking about here tonight? I understand that He's not talking about contextually. He's not talking about the church. He's not talking about the bride of Christ. Who is He talking about tonight? He is talking about His people Israel. Amen. And boy, you look at verse number 6 and you see those two words, peace and truth. And I don't know if you know it or not, but you turn on Fox News or turn on CNN and Israel has everything in the world right now except for peace and truth. Amen. But you know what God said? He said there's coming a day where Jesus Christ is going to step down on the Mount of Olives. He'll walk through the Kidron Valley. He'll go through that eastern gate. He'll sit down on the throne of David that's rightfully his and peace and truth will reign in that land once again. You say, preacher, that's wonderful, but how does that help me now? I thought about this. There are two things that mark the life of a Christian who prays. There are two things that mark the life of a Spirit-filled believer, and they're this tonight. They're peace and truth. Amen. 
peace and truth. Boy, you take a spirit-filled Christian and boy, they stand up to brag on the Lord. They don't talk about their ingrown toenail. They don't talk about what's going on down at Walmart. They don't take about talk about the woes that are happening in this country. But you know what they do? They honor and they magnify the Lord and they talk about Him and they exalt Him tonight. You say, don't they have problems in their life? I don't understand it. They're positive. I've got so much drama in my life. I don't understand how people wear a smile all the time. Hey, the fact of the matter is uh, uh, they do have problems uh, and they do have issues, but you don't know about it tonight. Amen. Why? Because they're clinging to the truth of the Word of God. They find the secret place uh, and they pour their burdens out before the Lord. And as a result, they have peace in their heart in their life, amen. No matter what happens in their life, no matter what goes on in their life, they've got peace and they've got truth. Don't you want that? Well, I want that. How's that come? It comes through prayer tonight, amen. God said he'll reveal some things. Peace and truth will be brought to your life through prayer. Not only does prayer reveal some things, but prayer rebuilds some things. Look with me in verse number seven. He said this, he said, and I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them as the first. Amen. He's talking about rebuilding the, uh, Jerusalem. He's talking about uh, rebuilding Israel. But thank God we can apply this to our heart and our life today. Thank God prayer will rebuild some things in our heart and our life. Amen. Uh, the passion that once burned. Uh, a revival that once burned in our heart and our life. Uh, a healthy prayer life. Uh, and a healthy devotion time uh, that was once evident in our heart and life. Uh, uh, but maybe you got busy. Uh, and maybe those things fizzled out. Uh, and maybe those things aren't what they used to be thank God you can pray you can go to the one who can help you and he'll rebuild some things in your heart and your life I thought about this how many families are represented here today how many moms and dads husbands and wives families, sons and daughters have been salvaged because somebody got a burden to pray for them God will rebuild some things in your heart in your life. And whatever's broken tonight, you can pray about it. Whatever the burden is, you can take it uh, to the Lord. Maybe it's your devotion time tonight. Maybe it's your prayer life tonight. We've heard about prayer all day today. No doubt God is trying to speak to somebody tonight. Rebuild your prayer life. Hey, rebuild the altar in your home. Huh? Uh, rebuild that secret place huh? uh, in your home, in your prayer closet, and in your heart, huh? and meditate before the Lord. Amen. Grow closer to Him through prayer. Prayer will rebuild some things, but then I say, see this, prayer revives some things. Look with me in verse number 8. He said, And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. And I saw this, saw sin, iniquity, transgression, and, and immediately, I'm, well, He's talking about the wicked. He's not. He's talking about His people. He's talking about the people that claim His name and bear His name. These are the people that are supposed to be living for His honor and for His glory. These are the people who have the promises of God. They've seen the wonders of God. They've heard about their, their ancestors. They've heard about what God has done uh, uh, with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses. They've heard about all that. And God has promised to bless them. But their sin... There's iniquity, there's transgression. And here's what God wants to do. He wants to revive 
the people of God. Amen. God desires to revive them and God desires to revive us tonight. You say, what's it going to take? It's going to take repentance. It's going to take turning from our sin. I was reading some books on these subjects, both great men of God, both great writers, and, and one preacher said this. He said, you can pray all you want to. He said, until you repent and get right with God, he said, your prayers won't reach past the ceiling. I thought, man, that's, that's pretty good. I was reading another book and he said, you can repent all you want to. He said, but until you really learn how to pray through, he said, you'll never get anywhere with God. And so I'm standing here thinking, well, one says to repent and the other says to pray. And the best thing I can do, the best solution that I can find is that you ought to just repent and pray. Amen. Uh, You ought to just get right with God. Uh, You ought to cleanse your heart and cleanse your hands uh, and get right with God. Amen. Uh, And then you can pray. Then you can get through to God. Uh, Oh, we ought to cleanse our hands uh, and cleanse our hearts. uh, And when the church gets right, amen, then the world will want what we have the reason there's no power the reason there's no results the reasons we don't see God moving like in, in, the, day, in the years of, of yesterday and we know that he's able we know that he can do it why, why aren't we getting the job done because we're not praying make every excuse in the world that's, that's what's going on in my life we're not praying Prayer, it revives some things tonight. Maybe there's some things in your heart and your life that need reviving. Maybe there's some things that you need to get right over tonight. Maybe there's some things that you need to surrender to the Lord tonight. Amen. Let's all stand together. Preacher's about to come. But I wonder this tonight. Is your prayer life what it should be? Is your devotion time what it should be? I want to be honest with you tonight. Mine's not. And I need to get right with God about that. While these are coming, why don't you come and do business with God tonight? Let Him have His will, have His way. Don't grieve him and don't quench him tonight. Do what he wants you to do. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee. He said, I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I want revival. I want my heart to be right before God. That'll only come through a healthy prayer life. Only come through a healthy devotion. Now, maybe you're here tonight and you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. You're saved. You serve the Lord in in the local church here. You love God. But there's never been a time and a place in your heart and your life where you've surrendered everything to God. In order to be filled, you've got to first become empty. That's through confession of sin. That's through prayer and repentance. God will fill you up if you'll empty yourself, amen. If you'll get empty of self, you can get filled with the Spirit of God, amen.
preacher's coming.